The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Today on Power of the Word. There's two parts of us that kind of, to say they're at war would probably be accurate. There's a war that goes on in our members. It kind of pulls us one way or the other. It's been said that whichever one of those two you feed is the one that wins. And uh, it's true. Some have put, characterized it. You know, I've got a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. You know, you've heard people say things like that. And there's that pull, whichever one you listen to is the one you follow. And that's not an exact scriptural analogy, but it does illustrate the point. There are two forces trying to work on us all the time, amen? And so we uh, were talking to you last time we were together about feeding on God's Word. We talked about the parallels and the similarities to uh, the Bible being food for the spirit that natural food is for the physical body. The Bible tells us that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so the Bible is spirit food, food for your spirit. Now we saw in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, and I'll, I'll overlap some from last session because this is a part two of the last session. So I'll have to go back, recover, and then we'll pick up and do a little new stuff. Is that okay? But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 23, it says, For the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Now the word holy is with a W. That's an all one peace, all of you. Holy, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we find that man is a trinity. We are created in the image of likeness of God. God is a trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are a trinity, spirit, soul, and body. Now, there's some definition needed for us in that regard. The Bible tells us that that spirit man, the word pneuma, is uh, the Greek word for spirit. It's, it has to do with air. If you have a pneumatic drill, a pneumatic tool, it's an air-driven tool. Pneumonia, lungs, air, breath, it's that kind of thing. God breathed in man the breath of life in the book of Genesis. And so it's that pneuma spirit that is the core of our being. So we're spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. The body is temporal, it's subject to change, it's, it will decay. One day, should Jesus tarry, we will all go the way of the grave and uh, the body will decay. But the spirit and the soul live forever. They're inseparable and integral. They never separate, but they're different. And a lot of times we don't know that there's a difference, but they are different. We are a spirit, we have a soul and we live in a body. Our body has been called uh, our earth suit. If you went to space, you'd have to have a space suit. Your space suit gives you the ability to survive in that environment. Your body gives you the ability to function and survive in this environment. When the body quits, you have to leave. 
Amen. That's kind of the way it works. And so again, the spirit and the soul are inseparable, integral, but they're different. Um, now, we see the word body. The word body in the Greek is soma, S-O-M-A. But there's another part of your flesh called the sarx, S-A-R-X. And so the body is just the body. The body is a tool. Not much more, not much less. It's just a tool. Uh, it has to be trained. You have to tell it what to do. And it'll take the course of least resistance. It'll sleep. It'll eat. It'll do the things it wants to do. But you have to tell it what to do. You have to train it what to do. Now, there's a nature, however, of the flesh called the sarx that's different than your soma or different than your body. And the nature of the flesh is a continual thing. It works on you all the time. It works, 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 works. And it will take you in the wrong ways if you'll let it. And we find in uh, Romans 8 and verse number 6, it's for to be carnally, it says for to be carnally minded. Now, to carnally minded is to be controlled by the flesh. The word carnal or carne is a word that we understand. It means meat. If an animal that eats meat, well, we call them a carnivore. They eat meat. They're meat eaters. Um, and so that word carnal has to do with that. And so to be carnally minded or sarks is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So there's, there's two parts of us that kind of to say they're at war would probably be accurate. There's a war that goes on in our members. It kind of pulls us one way or the other. It's been said that whichever one of those two you feed is the one that wins. And uh, it's true. Some have put, characterized it. You know, I've got a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. You know, you've heard people say things like that. And there's that pull, whichever one you listen to is the one you follow. And that's not an exact scriptural analogy, but it does illustrate the point. There are two forces trying to work on us all the time. Amen? Now, when you were born again, we find in Hebrews 12 and 23 that uh, you are, the, the, it says we are, we are just men. Now, just means justified or made righteous. That's what happens at the new birth. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, creature of creation. We're made righteous. Jesus was made to be sin that we might be made righteous in the eyes of God. We're not right because we're good. We're, we're right because he's good and we're in him. You can't good, do good enough long enough to be righteous. Righteous is a gift. It's not a, it's not a reward. You don't get it because you do good a lot. Now you should do good, but you don't get it for that. You don't get it that way. Righteousness is something that's given to you by God. Amen. He clothes us in the robe of his righteousness. And so when you were born again, your spirit was made perfect. Now, when your spirit was made perfect, that means there's no flaws on the inside of you. Now, up until then, uh, you have a dead spirit. Now, what do I mean when I say you have a dead spirit? It'd be like having a transistor radio with a dead battery. Radio's there, radio works fine, but it has no power in it. It has, no, it has nothing in it to give it life. 
All right. Jesus told us this. He said, when he said, let the dead bury the dead. Well, he wasn't talking about the physically dead burying the physically dead because that would be impossible. So he was talking about the spiritually dead burying the physically dead. The Bible also says that there are men who are dead while they yet live. So there's a deadness in the spirit for people who have not come to Christ, who have not been born again. That's what to be born again is, is to take that inner man and bring it to life. So a person who's, who's not come to Christ is dead on the inside. Now they don't know it. But a lot of the things that they face, a lot of the difficulties they have, is because they have to change from the inside out. And see, we try to change them from the outside in, but you can't do it. Changing from the outside in won't work. It has to change from the inside out. The core has to change. Everything else won't work. Rehab won't work. I mean, it might do some good, but you're, you're, you're treating the wrong part. Because the strength comes from the inside out. So we get born again, and, and we are of just men whose spirits were made perfect. Now the word perfect there means complete. So there's no flaw. The Bible says we were born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed which lives and abides forever. So that incorruptible seed of the Word of God was put in us, so there's no incorruptible means it has no death in it. None. Can't decay, can't wear out, can't get old. And that's what happened to your spirit man, amen? And so uh, it's the, the Bible talks about it in, in 1 Peter 3 and 4. It's the hidden man of the heart. So when you refer to the heart of a man, it'd be like referring to the heart of a matter. It's not talking about your blood pump. It's talking about the core of your being, who you are, down deep on the inside. And so we're born again down at the, at the core level. Amen? I said, amen. Now, Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he said, but I keep under my body. So he didn't refer to his body as I. He referred to his body as a tool. He said, I keep. That means I guard or I'm the gatekeeper on my body. I keep my body. So he tells his body how to act, how to respond, what to do. So your body's a tool and you train it. Now, you know, uh, when we were first going in the military, they took us through a lot of training, a lot of it. And so a lot of your behavior should follow your training. And that training is, is done and it's given to us in those ca cases to keep us alive. You got to listen, you got to pay attention because if you do the wrong thing at the wrong time, there's going to be a price tag attached to it. Amen? And so... Paul said, I keep my body under subjection. He said, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. In other words, he said if he lets his body rule him, it would cause him to be cast away from what God actually had for him. See, God has a plan for him, but he'd lose it if he just followed his body rather than his insides. Amen. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So to have a, to have a following of the, of the Spirit is above following the flesh. Amen? I said amen. amen. 
And so Jesus told us in John 6, 63, he said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So they have a power in it that's more than just what would make you feel good on the outside. God said that his word has the power to go or penetrate all the way to our spirit. He said, the words I speak are spirit in their life. So when you expose yourself to this, when you take time early in the morning, or you take time even late in the night or even throughout the day, and you open this, what you are doing is you're drinking from and eating from life for your insides. So if your inside is weak, it's because you're not getting the nourishment you need. You, you, you're starving yourself to death, literally. And so when people backslide, they don't backslide because they get up one day and say, I'm going to backslide. They get up one day because they're weakened, and then they do what they don't want to do. Are you home? And it happens because the spirit man gets weak. Amen? And, and it can happen to any of us. Now we find over here in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2, and he said, and be not conformed to this world. Now, when it talks about the world, it's talking about the world system. And confirmation is, is the kind of thing that happens. You ever seen a jello mold? Well, that, that wasn't a trick question. You ever seen it? Okay. Well, you, you know, you pour that in there and, and all that stuff and the ingredients that you put in there. And uh, my mom used to put fruit cocktail in it for me. Cherry jello with fruit cocktail in it. It's good. It's good. Okay. And, and it, it would conform to the mold. And that's what he's saying. Don't let the world conform you into its mold. Don't let it shape you to look like it looks. But he said the way that you don't do that or the way that you keep from doing that is by being transformed by the renewing of the mind. Now remember, you're a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. Now the soul is where the big question marks come. The soul is comprised of your mind, your will, your personality, your emotions. Okay, so when it says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that is contained in your soul. Your mind is not your soul, but your mind is inside your soul. Do you understand that? Yeah. Now, well, I won't do that yet. I'll get to that part, get a little ahead of myself. So your mind is necessary to get you to do what you need to do. So you have to do things with your soulish man. See, now remember, your spirit and soul are not the same. They're similar. They both live forever. The body doesn't. Now the body will be resurrected one day, and you'll get a new one. But you're going to have to go through some serious overhauls before you're going to be able to live in this thing forever. But you'll get them at the resurrection, at the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together 
with them to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord in this body? Amen. Now Jesus had a new body and it did a lot of things this one won't do. You know, like he went through walls without opening the door. You know, he'd show up in a room. He'd eat fish and then show up in a room fishing all. I don't know how that happened, but anyway, that's another story. But we find over here in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12, Now I'm just kind of painting things to give you understanding in what we're talking about, biblical understanding. In Hebrews 4 and 12 it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is the discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart. Now there's a lot you could say from that passage, but the point I want to make is this. It shows you very clearly that the soul and the spirit are divided. They're not the same. There's a division, and what does it say divides them? The sharp two-edged sword, which is the Word of God. So the distinctions between the spiritual part of you and the soulish part of you, they become somehow realized in exposure to Scripture. Now I want you to notice even what it puts in that passage of Scripture. But is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. Now the intent of the heart is the motive from which you do what you do. It is the why behind the what. So I'll submit to you that your conscience is not reliable unless it has exposure to the Bible. Your conscience is not a good guide unless it's thinking the way it's supposed to think. And it doesn't think right until it's exposed to the truth. It'll just make up any old thing. And then you'll begin to have a set of convictions that are not necessarily the right ones. You'll begin to believe the wrong things are the right things. Because we do have a conscience, all of us do. And there is a God element to conscience. It's down in there, tucked away down in there. So there's an element of good in every person's conscience, an element. But you can hide it away so far that you can cover it over to the point the conscience is not reliable at all. Amen? And so there's a difference or there's a division between the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. And again, it discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, what does that mean? Well, there's a lot of things you want, but when you begin to spend time with God, you find out they're really unnecessary. That's not necessary for a good quality life. It's just stuff. It's just in the way stuff. There are a lot of things that I used to want. Now I wouldn't have it. But you, I think when you don't ever have anything, that you just want everything. I just want one of, you know, I remember as a little boy, I'd sit down and look at the Sears and Roebuck catalog, and I wanted one of these, 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 one of these. And now, I don't want it at all. I don't want to paint it, mow it, wash it, clean it. I don't want it. So the intent of the heart changes. That's what he's talking about. So you get exposed to the Word of God, it'll create the right set of thoughts in you, the right desires, the, the, the right way of thinking about things. 
Wealth is not all that important. Wealth gives you options. With wealth, you can help people. But wealth destroys some people. It doesn't help them. A lot of lottery winners get all messed up. So just wealth alone without God. See, you've got a bankrupt spirit, and now your body has got, it can do anything it wants to. That's not good. You, you, that's not good. Amen. Because, so you have to take dominance over things. You have to control it instead of it controlling you. Is anybody home in this house? Yes. Praise God. Now, now, this is interesting to me. And, and I want you to listen as we, as we navigate through this. In Hebrews 10, verse 38, it says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. For we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but them that believe to or unto the saving of the soul. Now what that tells you is this. The day you were born again, that was an instantaneous event. You were instantly born again. You can't improve that. It was not a long process. It was not something that you did and then had to keep doing. You do it. You get born again and you are instantly different on the inside, down in the core. That spirit man is instantly made new. Amen? Instantaneous. However, the soulish part of you, even though they're inseparable integral, they are different. The soul of you was not instantly made perfect. Your spirit was. But your soul has to go through a process. That's just what it said right there. We are of them that believe unto. That indicates process. We are of them that believe unto the saving of the soul. So remember, we said the soul is comprised of your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality. It's, it's you. It's who you are, okay? Down on the inside. That's the soulish man. But if you notice, all of those pieces of that have to go through a process of renewal. You're instantly born again. You die, you will instantly go to heaven. You can't, you can't that's, that's instant. And you'll go with your soul because they're forever, okay? However, the soulish part of us, while we remain on this earth, has to go through a process of, I guess we'd call it growth. We could call it renewing. We could call it renovating. We could call it a number of things. But it's process. That's the point. Everybody say process. process. See, it's not instantaneous like, like the Spirit being born again. It has to go through some things. And so the day you get born again, guess what? Even though you're saved, forgiven, on your way to heaven, nobody can take that from you. You got it. Say, I've got it. Okay, you got it. Amen. <laughs> okay. So you've got it, but your mind has to go through this process. It, 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 it doesn't just automatically start thinking right. 
your personality may need a little work too. Listen to me, Sister Sandpaper. You may need to work on a thing or two. I'm going to quit right there. That's all I'm going to do. Okay. Uh, but see, it's process. And that tells you something right there in and of itself. You mean the day I got saved? You mean I'm not instantly perfect? Yeah, that's what I mean to tell you. You're not instantly perfect. You're instantly perfected on the, at the core in your heart, your spirit, man. But no, you're... Your mind has got to go through some overhaul. Now, I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to this verse. To me, this is a really, really, really enlightening verse. And it's a standout verse, but you'll run by it. You won't even think about it much when you read it. <clears throat> but you go over here in 1 Peter 1 and 9. It says, receiving the end of your faith. Now, we talk a lot about faith. We talk a lot about faith around here. <clears throat> Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen? Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Jesus, the greatest faith teacher that ever walked, he taught us over and over and over how faith works. Say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. If you don't doubt in your heart, believe those things you say will come to pass. You'll have whatsoever you say. He showed us how faith works, the process. We believe, therefore we speak. That's the spirit of faith in operation. So faith is a real deal, okay? The revelation of the human being and, and psychologists and psychiatrists study that, but the Bible gives us a lot of insight. It tells us really how we're made. We are three-part beings. We are spirit, primarily. We have a soul and we have a body as well. Now that soul of man is your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality, that's what's contained in that. Now in the warfare that we live in, and it is, it is a spiritual war, there's the war between that spirit man and that flesh. The flesh wants to pull you into lots of things that you don't need to be involved in. And it's not just necessarily sin. The flesh just wants the course of least resistance. It wants to take the easy way out. And so we have to discipline the flesh to manifest our purpose and the will of God through our life. And there's always that warfare that goes on between those two entities and it always takes place in our mind. And so we have to get our mind or our soul renewed to walk in the way God intended us to walk. To follow the spirit is life, to follow the flesh will lead us to death and destruction. Now your spirit man comes alive when you come into a relationship with God. And you do that through accepting and receiving His pardon through Jesus Christ to forgive our sins, to cleanse us by His blood. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you to serve you today and forever. Sin, Satan, I don't serve you. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer, know you meant it. Let us know here at Power of the Word. We want to pray with you. You need to tell somebody what you've done. We've enjoyed being with you today. Look forward to our next time together. Until then, God bless, and we'll see you soon. We hope you've been blessed by today's teaching. 
If you would like to receive this message by Dr. Ed King as an MP3 or CD for a gift of any amount, please visit us at poweroftheword.com or call us at 800-956-4433. Let the truths found in this message take hold in your life. Request your copy today.